0: We kind of touched on this in the espresso shots, but I would love for you, Patrick, Mm -hmm. to help our young listeners better understand what all these different verticals are within the banking and finance industries and what the work is that they can expect to be doing earlier in their careers. And we should also highlight that if you are really interested In getting into this industry, you need to get internships and you need to be thinking about that really by your freshman year because they start recruiting in the summer. Right, Patrick?
1: Correct. So even if you can't land... The ideal summer internship after your freshman year if you can get any sort of internship related to finance careers meaning even if it's at a let's say you want to get into investment banking eventually even if you have to take a private wealth management internship where you're just literally doing database work it's at least something somewhat related and so i would say that's better than nothing right and so that's the key is just try to get something to start building your resume to show that you actually made the effort to network and to have an internship in a related field, right? So something related to finance. So if you're, and by the time your junior summer, (coughs) excuse me, rolls around, if you don't have any internships or any relevant internships around finance, it's going to be incredibly difficult because typically by the time you're in your junior summer, that's when you're interning for an investment bank, for example, and they typically hire 90 plus percent of their Incoming class through those internship classes. You know, obviously, if you're not getting into those internships, it makes it incredibly difficult to get those you know few remaining seats.
0: Okay, so let's rewind just a teeny bit and sure. start like painting the picture here of the various verticals you mentioned: investment banking. So, yeah, investment so can, banking, and please continue.
1: Sure. sure. So, investment banking. You can think of typically when you say investment banking, it is what's called the sell side, so you're basically selling advice. You're selling advice to large corporations. So let's say, for example, Uber just went public. They did an IPO. They hired an investment bank to, give, to advise them on that IPO and to help them bring those shares public to sell a part of the company to the public. So that's that's an example of one service that an investment bank will offer to its clients. The others is like a merger and acquisition. So investment bank will be hired to help a company purchase another company, or it'll, it'll be hired by a company to sell a specific division of that company. And so they'll they'll run a whole sales process and try to get all the buyers into a frenzy. So they bid really high. <laughs> and then the company that hired that bank is happy because they get good return on, the, on that sale. So you can think of an investment banking largely as this sells side. And that's that's what people mean when they say the sell side. You're you're being you're basically selling advice. You're almost like a consultant. Whereas on, on the buy side is another side of finance where you're doing a lot of the analysis and the research and you're actually doing the buying of the securities or the companies to make an investment. Investment banks do have arms that do this. But when you say buy side, you typically are referring to what's called asset management. So asset what is asset management? It means you're managing assets. So you're buying and selling stocks and bonds and all these things for either large institutions or for you know high net worths or your, your high net worth individuals or for just mom and pop brokerages right so that's asset management another example of buy side is private equity private equity what are you doing you're buying private companies so again you're buying them right you're in a, you have a, fun, a pool of money that your founders raised, you use chunks of that money to go buy other companies. So you're still on the buy side. Or a hedge fund, instead of buying private companies, you're typically buying public companies in the stock market. So you're buying stocks either long or you're betting against them short, or you're buying options on those stocks. So you're buying like an option to buy these shares in three months, for example. So in other words, buy side, you're making actual investment decisions that can impact whether your firm or your fund makes money or loses money, sell side, you're typically selling your advice for other companies to either sell divisions, go IPO, or you're selling like equity research, stuff like that research of specific industries. Hmm. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. What about the management consulting, real estate, and I guess you Mm -hmm. already covered sales and trading?
1: Yeah. So sales and trading is a, you can think of sales and trading almost like a toll booth inside the investment bank where they're collecting for hedge fund. So some of their clients of the investment bank will be like a hedge fund and they'll do trades through the investment bank. So the investment bank serves almost like a clearinghouse of the trades and the sales and trading arm will typically like take a little fraction of the trades that are coming through there. So they're collecting like pennies on each trade.
0: (laughs) And why Uh, do they do that? Why don't
1: they just do it directly? they did have direct trading arms It's called proprietary trading desks that was largely i think outlawed with the dodd frank act after 2008 because banks had huge losses because they were betting like in the the financial crisis and so they did have those direct bets and directional bets but i think rightly so government said wait a second why are these investment banks that are critical to the financial stability of our system allowed to take these large Directional bets; if it goes against them, things can go really wrong. If all financial system, if all these banks go bankrupt, right? And so that's why we had to bail them out and, and all that other really ugly stuff that happened in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. So the answer is they can, and I think they do take directional bets in, in other ways. But for the most part, the banks themselves are kind of serving as anything but as like a toll booth or a clearinghouse where they're they're just facilitating the liquidity in the market. They're helping. Other firms like asset managers and hedge funds actually do the trading. Okay. So that's the sales and trading side. You asked me about... Real um,
0: estate and management consulting.
1: Yeah. So real estate is another super broad term. So real estate investment banking would just be, you'd be selling your advice to like real estate companies, real estate private equity by side would be actually making investments into real estate assets so just like normal private equity but just real real estate focused Mm -hmm. and then the other corporate finance is another broad term but typically it's you can think of it especially entry level of like a financial analyst coming in and there's like fldp programs where they're kind of given a rotation through the entire corporation in like accounting and strategy and operations to basically see how the whole firm works you know and decide where would be kind of a good future for them so Mm -hmm. typically they'll be put through like a two-year Rotational program, and then they can decide which one they like the best, or the firm will say, Hey, we really want you here working with this group. That's typically the way it works.
0: And management Mm -hmm. consulting?
1: Management consulting is very top heavy in terms of the firms. You can think of it closest to investment banking in terms of like it's pure consulting, whereas the investment banks are often hired for their advice and consult. It's it is a type of consulting. They're often paid in terms of like a percentage of the of the service they're given. So if like if they complete a transaction, you're given like a half a percent or a percent of the transaction value, whereas consulting is often brought in for longer term projects to help facilitate like a transition. So let's say, oh, here's a good example. I don't know who XYZ brought, helped bring Uber public, right? Mm-hmm. And then Uber says, okay, great, we're public. Thank you, bank, goodbye. Uh, we wanna hire McKinsey, or BCG, a consultant to help us with this new technology implementation that's gonna help us improve our customer support, right? And so they would say, we wanna hire Oliver Wyman because they are the specialists in this type of software or whatever or technology implementation. So that's one thing they would hire like a management consultant to come in or over would say, you know, this is really bad. We need to talk to McKinsey about our strategy because we know driverless cars are going to be critical for us to, to be financially viable. How can we reduce our cash burn over the next five years because we know it's at least five years out in order to remain like a viable business and not go out of business. (laughs) I'm speaking. So like they may bring a McKinsey in to help them with the strategic kind of analysis of the entire like driverless industry or how they're going to compete with Lyft and, and how to survive stuff like that.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. That was really, really helpful.